0: It's another day, I'm another John, and this is Another Note. For just over a week, my family watched as my grandmother's health declined. I don't know how many times this happens, but she was placed under the care of hospice twice. Through this round, this week, we have heard those familiar words repeated, aphasia, transitioning, morphing, end of life, comfort. Like any pastor, I have heard those words as I have sat with families whose loved ones had the same kind of experience. And as a family, we've gone through this process several times before. There are many emotions most of us feel as we lose a beloved family member, I find it to be a gift from God that from one moment to the next, we can go from crying with immense pain in our heart to actual belly laughing as we recall that one time win. Losing anyone in your family is difficult. This loss is difficult for all the usual reasons, but for me, it's a little more difficult because it's coupled with the reality that my grandma is the last of my grandparents. It's a bit hard to wrap my mind around. I've had the blessing of having five grandparents. They were all funny and they loved me tremendously. And I'm sure they loved the other grandkids too. Knowing that an entire generation from my life is gone has had me thinking about what remains from our lives after we are all gone. I have a friend from Korea who told me once that he doesn't like when we say that someone has passed on in his culture, someone dies. It's an important recognition of the finality of someone's life on earth. There's a lot I understand and respect about that idea. My language still tends to be, though, that someone has passed on, because for the Christian faith, no one dies. Our life here is just another walk with God. The end of life here is the beginning of a new, glorious life with God somewhere else. Hebrews 11 is considered to be the great faith chapter of the Bible. This chapter, as does the whole book, encourages its readers to hold strong to their faith. Much has happened to strain their faith, apparently, but they are directed to the faith of those who have passed on. You've probably read the chapter and are familiar with the examples it calls to mind. There's one part I don't know how much attention I had given other than recently. The first example of faith written about is that of Abel, who offered an acceptable offering to God. Hebrews connects his offering to his faith in God. And then the text says, he died, but through his faith, he still speaks. (laughs) My grandmother used to take me to VBS as a kid. It was one of the fun parts of my summers at her house. As I got older, I learned a little more about her faith. She would tell you she wasn't perfect, and she reminded me of Gladys, who famously confessed to Ellen DeGeneres, I love Jesus, but I drink a little. And even when I struggled with my doubts with faith in God, I know her faith was something God used to shape me. That's true for my other grandparents as well and many other family members. And all of this is a part of the reason why I take our faith so seriously. My faith means something to my walk with God. Your faith does as well. But it's not just about you and I. Our faith means something for everyone else we encounter. If my family were to ever write a Hebrews 11 chapter one day, I would hope it would be remarkably easy for them to think to include me. That would mean they saw something in me and my trust in God that impacted them. Maybe in a season of difficulty and weakness, they would remember God's strength that lived through me. It seems to me that when our life here is over, it's our faith, our faith which impacts our love, our compassion, and our joy, That is the most important thing we can pass on. The passing on of our faith, though, doesn't just happen at the end of life. It happens every day we choose to share it as long as we have breath. Stay blessed.